I just want to jump in really quickly to ask a very important favour. We know that most of you who listen to No Bullshit Leadership haven't yet hit the subscribe or follow button on your favourite podcast player. This is how the podcast grows. And even though we've already got a pretty decent global following, we're only scratching the surface of what's possible. We started this podcast over five years ago with the lofty ambition of improving the quality of leaders globally. So if you've got any benefit at all from listening to the podcast, I'd ask you to just take a moment, literally a moment, to hit the subscribe or follow button on your favourite player. The world needs more no-bullshit leaders, and you can help us to make that happen. Back to the episode. Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership, or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more, access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 83 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, Leading a Fragmented Workforce. It's another Q&A. I've got him to help me here today. In episode 60, released in October last year, we looked at leading remote teams. In that episode, we outlined a number of principles to ensure that a lack of proximity doesn't translate into a lack of results or value. Life's changed quite a bit since then, and now companies that previously had their whole complement of people within arm's reach are having to deal with managing a workforce that is fragmented in dozens or even hundreds of individual remote work locations. For leaders in industries that can still trade through the lockdown, You'll need to develop new skills, perspectives and approaches to lead your people successfully in what was, until very recently, an unimaginable scenario. 
Today I've asked him to join me, as I said, so that we can talk through some of the issues that will present themselves and give you some techniques for leading people through these difficult times. It could become the new normal for some organisations, so sitting back and hoping it will pass is probably not a great strategy. So, Em, thanks for joining me. How are you today? Hello. I'm pretty good considering everything that's going on in the world at the moment. There's a lot of changes happening and I don't think that there's been anyone who hasn't been impacted by COVID-19. So I guess for me personally, I'm just trying to focus on how we can best serve our community, how we can deliver value and be a source of positivity, unlike so much of what we're seeing in our news feeds and on the TV at the moment. So Yeah, look, probably like everyone else, just trying to get through it day by day, but hopefully we are adding some great stuff to people's news feeds and to their podcast listening journeys as well. What about you? Uh, Yeah, no, thanks. You're you're posting like a demon as usual, which is fantastic. Uh, (laughs) And and of course, in our business, we're pretty lucky, right? We're relatively fortunate with our business model. So we are super low cost with virtually no overheads. Uh, We're designed to deliver our main products through online channels already. That's the way we started. So that's sort of playing quite well now in in isolation times. Mm. Uh, And basically, we're pretty well positioned to deal with the shocks and we're positioned well to keep trading through any restrictions that our customers are going to face. So that's that's pretty good, right? Um, But there'll be a lot of companies out there in a similar position. Uh, The media commentary tends to focus on the companies and industries that have been decimated. But for others, it's creating unprecedented demand. So, for example, airlines, hotels, restaurants, the tourism industry, we know they're all being hit incredibly hard and many of those businesses simply won't survive. But equally, uh, there's opportunities there for takeaway food, uh, delivery services, a point of sale alcohol, don't underestimate that, all booming. Uh, And then you look at uh, heavy industry in Australia, of course, mining demand hasn't subsided and the demand from China for iron ore shows that urban development, which drives the demand for steel, is still going strong. Um, supermarkets are booming with unprecedented demand as people, uh, let's just call it stock up to be nice, uh, but uh, people are uh, incredible in Australia and I've heard stories from other countries as well in terms of um, doomsday buying. Uh, but other retailers, um, you know, clothing, accessories and so forth, are going to see a pretty massive slump as people desert the stores. Uh, and then there's sports. Can you imagine a lockdown with no sports on TV? Uh, and, you know, I might make light of it, but that's actually a serious thing. A lot of people rely on their weekly dose of that to get them through the week. So um, I guess uh, back in episode 60, we looked at some of the concepts that are pretty useful in dealing with today's crisis, uh, and we gave 10 ways to get better outcomes from remote teams. And, um, you know, it was just things like understanding the unique differences in the remote location, having a really strong communication strategy, having really crystal clear outcomes defined, Uh, And things like, of course, making sure that your challenge, coach and confront skills are top notch because from a distance, it's even more important. So, you know, I figure it's worth updating today to consider how we all get into the swing of things now that our workforces are fragmented. And um, there's a few things we want to go through. So why don't we start with social isolation? What do you reckon, Em? Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to kick this one off if you like. I actually really struggled separating home and work when I first started working from home. Um, It was about two years ago now, but I would just find myself doing loads of washing during the day, vacuuming, just really procrastinating on things that I wouldn't have otherwise done. So what I learned was really important early on is to implement some really good routines and structures with your work at home situation, especially if you are homeschooling your kids like we are at the moment. 
So it's really important for you as a leader to set the tone from the get-go about how often your people communicate and how social they are with each other. There are a few really good tools that I can recommend for this. Uh, The first one's probably Zoom, and I recommend doing morning huddles if you can. It's a great way to get people connected. Um, And also, I think one-on-one calls with your team is really valuable. This is where you're going to be able to see if your people are struggling. It's where you're going to be able to have those, you know, one-on-one conversations that get a little bit deeper than the group Zoom. So I think those are really important to do. And if you don't use Zoom, use FaceTime or WhatsApp FaceTime or anything like that. There are so many different video tools that you can use to, to stay connected like that. Uh, If you do want to run webinars, I can recommend Livestorm. We've been using that software for over a year now uh, with Leadership Beyond the Theory. So it's really brilliant technology and super user-friendly. Really recommend that. Yeah, that's excellent, isn't it? It's one of my favorites, Livestorm. We've, We've run all our webinars on those and it's just such a good product. It's so good, so user-friendly and runs off the internet. So most of these things, as long as you've got an internet connection, you are good to go. Uh, the next thing I'd probably recommend for you know staying social with your team is Slack for instant messaging during the day. There are a lot of different instant messages, but we use Slack. Marty, why don't you just explain how we use Slack differently to, say, emails? Yeah, so emails have sort of a little bit of formality about them. So when you send an email, it turns up in someone's box with a list of other emails. And quite often, email is used as a mechanism for allocating and assigning work. Uh, So it has that connotation to it. And people always complain about how much email there is in their inboxes. But Slack is just a a substitute for having a conversation over the partition with a workmate. So the sort of thing that you'd normally just turn around and say, hey, how about such and such, you do that in Slack. Uh, so you and I use that pretty effectively during the day because we're in different cities normally uh, just mm. to communicate the little things that we just want to chat about without actually you know, going to the formal email trail. So, uh, yeah, I find that really, really useful. And by the way, if you're listening to this, we are not paid to recommend any of these products, right? We're just giving you a no. feel for the types of things that we're using to stay connected because we work in a very fragmented work environment where um, none of us are in the same city as each other. Yeah, I think I probably should have said that early on. We don't receive a kickback or anything for this. This is just how we stay connected. Um, uh, we I were just giving him such a big rap, I thought I should throw that in him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. I'm glad you did. Um, I think one thing with Slack that's really good is uh, that you can direct message with people, but just make sure that no um, kind of implementable things are said in Slack because it can be really hard to kind of go back and find the trails. So anything that kind of needs to be a little bit more formal, um, any, you know, points that need to be action or anything like that, I still recommend using email, but that's Slack we use as a, a bit more of a social um, platform. We share when clients send through great you know, feedback and testimonials and bits and pieces. So it is more of a social hub. Um, BombBomb, that's another tool. And this this is my last tool for this section. Many of you probably, if you're on our email list, you probably would have received a video from me, a personalized video at some point. I use a program called BombBomb. It's really easy to integrate with uh, Gmail, which is what we use, but I'm pretty sure you can use it with Outlook and a bunch of other email hosts. Uh, Essentially, I just record a video instead of typing it. It takes 
way less time and I'm talking to that specific person and it's just a nicer way to connect I think than reading words on a page so if you can send a video instead of an email why not it's really quick and really easy to do and you get that FaceTime I guess in the same vein if you can call someone instead of sending an email then try and do that Uh, use as many of those opportunities as you can to have a real human connection a lot of people are going to be craving that and I think it will just help stave off that a feeling of being isolated and alone. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're spot on him. And look, all of those tools, they're just examples of the sorts of things that we use and can be used really easily. If you're in a larger organization, you've probably already got a lot of that infrastructure already in place. So it's very, very easy to tap into and also have uh, the security that you need behind that communication uh, in the electronics and how that works. So so that's all really important. But look, the, the biggest thing we want to talk about here is, of course, the overcoming of the psychological impacts that come with that social isolation. And all of these tools just bring the people closer together so they're not feeling quite so alone. Um, anecdotally, we're already seeing a slight increase in the severity of domestic violence incidents in some parts of the country. So we can't underestimate the impact of people uh, being at home all the time in the same location when they're used to getting away for um, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Um, and you know, you've also got to think about the loss of familiar routines because they can dis- uh, cause some distress to, to a number of people, I'd imagine. Um, so um, how about uh, giving people guidance on what they should be doing when they're not working in the office? Because it's very easy mm. in the office to just throw work at them. Uh, what do you think about that, Em? I mean, with my former CEO hat on, uh, first priority for any leader should be the health and well-being of our people. That's it. Uh, but they need some fact-based guidance on what to do and what not to do. And uh, people aren't going to read scientific research papers about uh, COVID-19. So how do you give them the cliff notes? Um, how should they work if they're working from home? It's funny you say cliff notes because that's you are basically my cliff notes. <laughs> I always say to you, you know, what do I need to know? What do I need to know about what's happening with COVID-19? Um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit later in this episode about the kind of things that I do to keep my mind focused and, you know, not feed into that fear. But in terms of working from home, um, a couple of things that I can recommend. First things first, you need to act like you're going to work. Get up, have a shower, get changed out of your PJs and get to a level that you'd be happy to video conference with your boss. This is about the mindset the mindset shift from home to work. Uh, it really is a mental game. So just physically getting up and doing those things is going to make you feel like, okay, I'm no longer at home relaxing. I am working. So, so what you're saying, I'm sorry, if you're, if you're the boss, then you should be organizing an early Zoom every morning with your people to show that they actually are dressed and ready for work. Exactly. I'm, I'm just kidding. It's... I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's what's oh, really? one way of doing it. Yeah, well, but it's a good idea, really, when you think about it. Like, make I your think, people focus. I think it is. Yeah, because it, it like you've got to lead the way as a leader. You know, if you're pushing them to get on an early video conference, you're going to encourage them to get into that routine of getting out of bed, getting ready. It's actually probably the best thing that you can do for them. So I'm, I actually think that that's a good idea, Marty. Okay. Now, uh, so morning huddles, right? You already said that morning huddles. Exactly. Uh, also, it's kind of obvious. Don't turn on the TV. 
Don't scroll Instagram for half an hour. You've just got to be super disciplined. I also recommend finding a sacred space. So when I'm working from home, when I started working from home, I worked from bed in the morning. And then when I kind of got over that, I would move to the couch. And then when my back got sore, I'd move to the kitchen bench. Um, It was really bad for my focus and my productivity and my posture. Funnily enough, I ended up getting carpal tunnel. Um, But after a few weeks of serious lacking in productivity and probably a little bit of mild depression, to be honest, I decided, okay, I'm only going to work from one place. I chose my place in the di- on the dining room table. I didn't have a, an office or a separate space that I could go to, but I just went, you know what? I'm just going to sit in this one space. This is going to be like my cubicle and I'm going to sit there every single day. And I did every day for a year. That was my place where I worked from home. The reality is most people who are new to working from home, they're not going to have a dedicated office or study area. So you need to find a space in your house that you can work from every day, no matter what. Uh, This is really, again, about routine and structure, two elements that are really going to help you with your productivity and focus and your overall mental well-being. The last thing I wanted to talk about in this section is batching. Marty, you love batching. Oh, yes. (laughs) When I can do it. Yeah, when it's you called, can do it's it. It's called getting on a roll, but it takes a lot of discipline. Exactly. So just to explain batching, at the start of the week, uh, you can do it at the start of the day if you need to. Um, I block out sections in my calendar for batching. So they're usually in one or two hour blocks. I think anything less than that kind of doesn't work for me personally. It's so that I'm only focusing on one task at a time. So let's say I might go from nine o'clock till 11 o'clock in the morning just doing podcast things. So podcast editing, podcast graphics, bits and pieces like that. And then I might, you know, have lunch and then I might do from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. press reach outs and then from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. client work or whatever it is, whatever it is for you. Um, I turn off notifications on my phone and my computer. I set my Slack status to batching so that my team knows only to call a text if it's something that's quite important. And I am wholly focused on that one task Now, before I started batching, I would flick from task to task every 10 minutes, losing my focus and then wondering why the hell I wasn't getting anything done. So it is an absolute godsend. And if you can be disciplined, as Marty said, with around it, um, you're going to get a huge amount done, a lot more than you would have got done probably at, you know, at work at your physical office. So that is that is a real hack that I recommend you start getting into the habit of doing. Yeah, and I think you just described my uh, my old CEO role perfectly when you said jumping from task to task every 10 minutes. Um, you, <laughs> you're constantly moving from one thing to another. It's exciting and it's challenging, but it's not hugely productive when I look back on it. Uh, now when I can get three or four hours uh, clear to block away in terms of content production or anything else, it's super, super productive because you just get in the zone and you lift your head up and you realize three hours have gone by and you've just got a huge amount done. So it's fantastic, right? Um Let's, let's move on. Uh, that was really good there, Em. Thank you for that. Let's talk about monitoring results because uh, you can't look at inputs anymore when someone's physically uh, not with you. So you can't just see how many hours people are spending at their desk or how hard they're typing on their computer. Uh, you can't see what they're doing in terms of their work habits. So you've got to move completely to that uh, assessment of the outputs and the value that's created. So to make that easy for people, you've got to define what you want. It's got to be clearer to them to understand what the required results are, what good looks like, and where you're setting the bar. So the current crisis presents a great opportunity to learn to lead better 
by relying less on the observed activity and inputs and assessing success based on results that actually make a difference. What do you reckon, Em? I completely agree. As we've said on the podcast before, our whole team is remote. So that's been really, you know, the driving force for how we've created this entire company is we're always looking at outcomes. Um, I don't know how long people are spending doing certain tasks. I only really know if they get done or not and to what quality. A great tool that we use at uh, Your CEO Mentor, everyone who works with us uses it. It's a time tracking tool called Toggle. I know there are a couple of good ones around. As I said before, we're not affiliated with them. We just like using this. They've got a great plugin for Chrome. Now, this isn't the, the time tracking isn't about making sure that you're working the hours that you're getting paid to work. Uh, when I was working in agency land, we used to track time because clients would pay us by the hour. Um, Honestly, the reason why I love Toggle is because it's a great way to look back on the day and your week and your month and see what you've actually achieved. Because I guess I, I find that when I'm tracking what I'm doing, it really helps me to work out what I'm spending time on that I shouldn't be. Um, and ultimately, it really enables me to delegate more effectively. So, you know, when we were looking to hire um, Ash, for example, that was a real like me tracking my time was a really great way for me to see where I was spending time that I probably shouldn't be spending on those specific tasks. And I could put them into her job description and figure out, okay, you know, this is how many hours that you should roughly be spending on this task. So uh, I find Toggle is super, super helpful. An important thing to note, if your boss asks you to track your time, don't assume that it's because they don't trust you. It's more likely that they're doing it to help manage projects and workflow remotely because this is probably the first time that they've had to do this as well. So just being able to keep tabs on how every element is working together from a bird's eye view, tracking your time is really going to help that. It's going to help you and it's going to help your boss and it's going to help those people that you're leading as well um, and giving them something to look back on and go, yep, I've actually nailed all these things today. I haven't tracked my time for years and years really. Uh, until you crack the whip on me with Toggle. And now I absolutely love it because I get the I get the weekly report that demonstrates by project how much time I've spent, how much time have I spent in business development, how much time with clients, how much time in content production. And it's super useful to look back and see where the time's going. Yeah, I just think everyone should be tracking their time. So I'm a, I'm a really big advocate for time tracking and it's super simple. There's, um, you know, with Toggle, you've got the app on your phone, you've got the plugin, you've got a desktop version. So they make it super easy for you to be able to do this stuff really well. Something that's going to really help, I think, with team morale is everyone submitting their daily wins and results. And we obviously do this kind of thing through Slack, but this is where they're going to have to put aside the tall poppy syndrome and really celebrate wins as tiny as they might be on a day-to-day basis. Uh, This is where you can really monitor those results as you go. Uh, If daily is too hard, at least do weekly. You know, this is a really good opportunity for you to measure and acknowledge uh, those outputs. And you can talk to your people about the impact that their daily actions are having on the overall picture of the organization because they will feel, uh, I guess, quite separated from it at first. So I think it's really important for you to communicate this because, you know, even though uh, people aren't coming into the office, Marty, what are the three things that people want to know when they come to work every day? Oh, very easy. And they want to know what's expected of me, how am I going against those expectations and what does my future hold? Exactly. So I think, you know, we need to be making sure that even though we're not in the office, we're still communicating those three things with our people. Mm, Absolutely. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, it's a great conversation, but it's a long one. Um, interesting stuff. What can I do to keep people focused, right? So I'm a leader, and I'm so worried about my own future and what's going on with me and what's going to happen to the world. Uh, I'm sort of a little bit frozen with fear, uh, potentially. So how do I get my team to focus on stuff that's going to keep them fear-free and productive? So um, obviously, one of the main things for me, get your people out of the 24-hour media cycle hype. Uh, you can turn on and all you will hear is the doom and gloom. That's it. Um, but mm. you've got to be able to let people see beyond that. So we have a plan. Here's what's happened at the moment. We can't control that, but here's how we're going to move forward. And this you know, is complete with no regrets moves. Uh, what can we do that creates value and is no regrets, no matter how this turns out, no matter how long we're locked down for, no matter how long it is before we all get back into the office together, no matter how long we're constrained, we still have a plan and there's things we can do in the meantime that will make a difference. Uh, and of course, talking about difference, you know, with our new environment, what, what's the same and what's different? So the things that are the same, we expect you to operate with exactly the same values. Same set of values is required whether you're working from home or whether you're in the office with your peers. Um, how we serve our customers, how can we serve them best right at this time with these constraints? And make sure your people are focused on the customer because uh, as Jack Welch says, the only security someone has is that a customer wants to buy your product or service. So I think those are the sorts of things for me that will help to keep people focused and take them away from that negative cycle media hype and get them back into reality and thinking about what they can do productively to take their organization forward. Yeah, that's that's really helpful, Marty. I think I as well am really selective about what I'm consuming at the moment. I don't just sit there and scroll on social media. I'm not watching the news. I'm just watching TV shows that I actually like. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, kind of the cliff notes that I get from you. So you usually tell me, you know, what's worth reading. Um, Articles from reputable sources like The Economist and McKinsey Briefs, uh, the odd report that comes out from people like Partners in Performance. Uh, There's a huge amount of overwhelm and content fatigue happening at the moment, I think. So just do your best to keep off the socials if you can. Um, and is, is that you know, a thing, em? Content fatigue? I, I'm only I kidding. Feel like Remember it how is. we did that episode about decision fatigue a few weeks ago? Yes, I know, but I feel like people, <laughs> every single person that I talk to, is just saying I can't go on social media. I can't watch the TV. It's just too much. Like there's, you know, and I think that comes back to what we've been talking about over the last couple of days in terms of putting content out there that is cutting through that and that is actually positive um, and isn't just kind of the same shit just wrapped up differently, which I think is Mm. what's happening at the moment. I mean, it could just be the things that I'm being served um, because we know what the algorithms are Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm getting them too. Don't worry about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I think just being, you know, really controlling what's what's going into your brain. Um, and I think developing perspective, it's something that we talk about a lot in Leadership Beyond the Theory. <laughs> Ask my husband, Royce. He'll tell you that I'm a master catastrophizer. Yeah, he but told what me that I've before. Learned- <laughs> what I've learned to do over time is think, okay, do I have any control over XYZ? How important will this be? thing be that I'm, that, you know, this thing that I'm worrying about, how important will that be? Uh, the thing that I've got no control over in a day, a month, a year, um, everything's just really a guess if you start going down that road. So I think while it's important to do worst case scenario planning in business and in your personal life, uh, it's also really helpful just to focus on things that are in your control um, and the things that you can influence. 
looking outside of that is kind of a waste of time and energy. So put that energy back into the things that are worth it, um, be in the present moment and be looking at the opportunities and challenges at hand so you can really tackle them um, head on and with clarity. Ah, that's excellent. That's excellent. So some really, really good tips there for uh, leaders who have to lead a workforce that's actually now fragmented. And for those of you who find yourselves working at home for the first time in a career, as many of you will have. So uh, Em, any final thoughts? Look, I think that's probably it. I've given so many uh, tools and bits and pieces. I'll make sure I put all of those in the show notes so that if anyone wants to look into them, they can. Okay. Thanks very much for that, Em. That brings us to the end of episode 83. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. As usual, remember, at Your CEO Mentor, our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please take a few moments to rate and review the podcast as this enables us to reach even more leaders. I'm going to look forward to next week's episode, which I'm going to stop announcing because I keep changing the programming on this one. And I think I've said for the last three weeks, I'm going to tell you about why (laughs) being right isn't everything, but I still haven't got to it because there's so much going on. But no matter what's in store for us next week, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader. Thank you, Em. Thanks, Marty. Bye. Bye.